Welcome to Rail Group on Air, the podcast series brought to you by Railway Age, Railway Track and Structures, and International Railway Journal. This is Railway Age Editor-in-Chief William C. Vantuono. My guest today is Adebayo Oningbanjo, who is Principal IoT Platforms and Applications Leader at Wabtech. And in this sponsored podcast, uh, we are going to discuss Wabtech's fuel application. Adebayo, nice to have you. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much. Nice to be here today. One of the most important things about fuel cost is how to save fuel costs. How much can railroads expect to save on fuel costs by using a fuel monitoring and reporting system such as Webtech's fuel app? Typically, we say, you know, in the range between three and five percent. Obviously, that range is uh, has a lower band and, and an upper band, depending on how the railroad actually applies it. Um, so one, one of the biggest things the app actually enables is that real-time visibility to what you're actually doing related to fuel. A good example is we know that railroads today would keep uh, a locomotive idling in the yard. And this could be for a number of reasons. Um, one of the things that uh, it's easy to forget is should that locomotive be idling and the driver, you know, either is due to a change of shift, goes somewhere, and then the shift doesn't come on time, the locomotive is still there idling. The fuel app provides that real-time visibility and notification system that allows whoever is in charge, whether it's the control room, it's the operational manager, or even the fuel manager, to have a pulse of exactly how long that locomotive has been sitting idle. And that drives good behavior, right? Because now you have something constantly pinging you to say, look, this locomotive is in idle, while the schedule indicated that the shift will happen within a 15 minute window. The reality is now you're on your 30th minute and that shift hasn't happened and you are born in fuel by just leaving that locomotive there. So behavioral change like that immediately starts bringing um, savings to railroads, right? So you can compare that across your fleet. If you have a vast number of locomotives, they're all sitting idle, you know, you typically born about, you know, three liters every hour, just sitting idle. Right. So you multiply that across your fleet and you start seeing a number that's pretty much significant uh, compared to how much you're spending on fuel. And so that's just one example of what the application can do. Another example that uh, we see with the fuel app is it has an aggregated dashboard, right, that allows you to see how that locomotive actually performs amongst its pairs. And this gives railroad this predictive behavior of understanding if a particular locomotive is showing signs for, you know, repairs or servicing, because now you have this real-time dashboard that can compare apples to apples and you can see how things are performing, right? So in some instances, it could be service. In some instances, it could just be due to training where you have two drivers uh, that are driving the exact same type of locomotive across the exact same distance and terrain but their fuel consumption profiles are completely different because one driver is very efficient and optimal to exactly how that locomotive should be operated versus a new driver that just doesn't have the required training. So typically, just to recap, I mean, I think we look at between 3 to 5% um, in the fuel app. Uh, and obviously, as WAPTEC, we have other 
fuel-related uh, efficient solutions as well for railroads. You know, I just did some quick calculations. A locomotive idling for 15 minutes burns approximately $228 worth of fuel because it's 3.8 liters per gallon. And that's based on the cost of about four. I'm, I'm going with $4 a gallon. So that's a lot of money, $228 for every 15 minutes. And you multiply exactly. that across the fleet of maybe a thousand units or 2000 units for a class one railroad. And then you multiply that by days or weeks or months. And you're talking millions of dollars. That's exactly fuel, the point. Millions. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah. And, and so just like everything else we're used to today on a mobile devices with, you know, this real time notification, Uber tells you when it's come, Uber tells you when it's arrived, but tells you when it's moving. Right. And that drives behavior because you have this real time pulse um, versus relying on, you know, just the mental capacity of people to say, okay, I, you know, I just need to go quickly change or I need to go get something. And then, something else happens and that time just moves rapidly from five minutes to 35 minutes. And, and, but having this application that's constantly pulsing is going to drive an action. And it's going to say, look, you need to take a decision. Are you going to be longer than five minutes or, and you can set how you want the notifications as well. That's the flexibility of the app. It's pretty much configurable in that regard. Um, Part of the things that we're looking at as well uh, down the road in the roadmap is the fuel app can then really start feeding other systems on the locomotive. So can you feed directly into the AESS and actually drive a shutdown of the locomotive? That's capability that definitely exists in the roadmap for the app. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, uncertainty, you know, just, just to give an example, uh, you know, you call a, um, a bank, for example, and you get an automated message saying, we'll be with you momentarily, and momentarily turns into half an hour. <laughs> you, you apply that <clears throat> to, the, uh, to, to a locomotive, and, uh, you know, five minutes could, could turn into easily, could, could turn into a half an hour. So I see Absolutely. that what you're getting at, the, the connectivity between platforms where this can control an AESS system, tie into a PTC platform on board. Of course, Wabtech has the onboard uh, system that's deployed across most of the North American uh, class one locomotive fleet, the uh, ETMS based uh, system. So, you know, all these technologies are, are coming together and faster than, uh, than anyone ever thought not so long ago. Yep. And I think going back to your point, that's the value of platforms, right? Because we're now getting into a stage where, you know, you need all these different individual events um, to be tied together, right? Because you get a better picture of how to actually operate your railroad. Uh, You know, as a railroad operator, that's really what you care about. Historically, you know, we had very silo-based type approaches, right? So mechanical was really worried about the mechanical piece of it. And, you know, the safety guys were worried about the safety. But all of this actually tied together. And so having a platform at the back of it that allows the sharing of data, the feeding of information, the triggering of events... Um, to actually happen in a seamless way. So the railroad is really focused on, look, what are the things I really need to do to be efficient as a railroad versus having to individually worry about 
you know, each individual use case or, or scenario, right? And, and so that, that's, that's the premise of how we built it. If you look at, you know, the Fuel app is a good example. We pull data from our event recorder data systems, right? So that's using the same PTC system you just described. We pull data directly from the control system using LIG, the locomotive interface gateway, and we feed all of that data into a system that then applies AI you know, to feed out an app. So we're, we're almost maximizing the data set that we get today to solve another problem for the railroad, right? So it's not, it's not a completely, you know, standalone fuel app system that, you know, we've now gone to invent or, you know, create new data sets. No, we're leveraging the existing data set that the railroads already have publishing on that locomotive to solve another business case and another business value for them. Hypothetical situation when we talk about connectivity across platforms. You have a locomotive or a train parked on a grade, okay, with a long train, maybe three units up front. The train is left unattended, okay? It's idling and it needs to be idling in order to supply air brake pipe pressure to keep the train from becoming a runaway. In addition to that, the operating rules call for a certain amount, a minimum amount of handbrakes to be set on the cars to prevent a, a rollaway in case there is an air failure. So in my mind, an integrated system using artificial intelligence would know that A, the locomotive is idling, B, how many brakes, handbrakes are set, C, what the brake pipe pressure is, and not shut down the locomotives because that would cause a catastrophic failure or a runaway. And we saw what happened in, in Lock McGonick back in 2013. So all this artificial intelligence comes together. So really the system knows exactly where the train is and what all the various components, you know, operational safety, what have you, how they're functioning and whether certain systems can be powered down safely. Yeah, absolutely correct, which again ties into the fact that, you know, the Fuel app leverages data that exists um, coming from the event recorder system as well as the control system, right? So you add all of those type of data sets um, into the condition, right? So as we said, we typically will monitor in the Fuel app idling, right? So that's your first basic condition. Okay, the locomotive is stopped. It's idling because it's not shut down we start measuring that idling time. With that, you then trigger the second condition. Okay, am I idling? Where am I idling, right? So you pull the GPS data set to say, okay, where is this location, right? So to your point, is it, am I just sitting in the depot as a good example, right? Which again, will have conditions tied to it. You know, is it in the middle of February in Erie where, you know, the weather is just a nightmare at the moment and you Extremely still need cold. Idling. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, and so, so what the, what the system actually does is it has all those various conditions that it has to check against before it can actually trigger an event. Right. So the first thing you get is just we're measuring, okay, you're idling. Why are you idling at this point in time? And it, it almost starts a counter for when that idling starts occurring. Then it, it runs through those various checklists and conditions before we even ever get to a point where we say, oh, now send a message to AESS to actually shut down. 
So you have to pass those conditions. And just like you described, those conditions could be, well, I'm at a GPS location, which is actually has uh, an elevation of this. And yes, I need idling so I can continue to send the air brake. So that immediately nullifies any trigger in the system to actually shut that down. Right. And, and that's, that's exactly how it's built in that type of mindset. Right. And taking that one step further, I know that there is technology available that will set handbrakes on individual cars from the control stand. We can really get, get into the weeds here <laughs> talking about this stuff, but uh, and it's, it's a lot of fun, actually. So the system will know how many handbrakes are set. And if for some reason there's a, there's a safety, safety violation uh, on the part of a crew member not setting the proper number of handbrakes on a grade, the, the system will pick that up. And before it shuts the locomotive down that it's idling to uh, well beyond uh, where it should be or how long it should be, it'll apply the correct number of handbrakes and verify that. So there's a, there's a world of possibilities here. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's part of why we were looking at this, right? It's, it's, it's interesting and amazing at the same time when you think about we're all used to driving a vehicle and, you know, we can immediately look on the dashboard and you can see where your fuel is. And I mean, even the newer cars would tell you how much miles you're burning per gallon and what the outstanding distance is based on the fuel you have left in the vehicle. There is still a lot of guessing in the railroad industry, right? And there's a lot of tribal knowledge to say, well, yeah, this fuel should still be able to get me from Chicago to Milwaukee, right? And, you know, people look at the sight glass and some of them are extremely not visible again, but, you know, people rely on tribal knowledge. The system literally takes that away. It takes away the guessing, right? I mean, you start getting into scenarios where, you get a good consumption profile, you know how much fuel you're burning, you know your distance to empty, right? Um, based on, you know, the distance, based on historical data, based on the driver and how he's actually operating that locomotive, you can get a calculation that tells you. And, and so you start seeing, again, behavioral change that says, look, I don't have to actually stop in Chicago. The system is telling me I have enough fuel to go to Milwaukee. Right. So you save that one additional stop or potentially you even save buying fuel at a premium in Chicago when you can get to Milwaukee without, you know, worrying that that locomotive is going to stop. And then we have other parts of the world where they still monitor things like, you know, fuel theft. Right. So the fuel app can help you trigger and determine that, look, you have a rapidly drop in fuel in a stationary condition at a particular location, right? And that helps railroads that have those type of concerns to immediately understand, okay, look, this is a region we either have to have better mechanism to protect the fuel or we need better security, or you know what? We're just eliminating stops in that location going forward, right? Because those are things that today railroads don't have enough data to determine exactly what happened. It, it's almost like, I think, versus the app really providing that insight into them. And so we have a number of um, alerts and notifications that are tied to what we call fuel-related events. We know railroads, for example, uh, that find themselves having to buy fuel um, from a truck, 
right? And they have to reconcile those invoices, right? And the invoices go into, you know, finance and the finance guy is going, okay, well, what date was it? How much fuel was actually put in? Because the invoice I got was for, you know, X number of liters. The app becomes an immediate reference for them. They can log in, they can look at that exact date, they can look at the exact location, they can reconcile that invoice, and they can verify that the amount of liters that was actually indicated on the invoice actually went into the locomotive. Right, so it's it's really to help simplify and eliminate a lot of the guessing as it relates to fuel. A railroad is really the ideal transportation mode to have these technologies because a railroad is a captive system. It's a fixed guideway with with fixed infrastructure. Uh, you have a, a, a data platform. Uh, where everything everything ties into it, it's not like a, like a truck, you know, where, where trucks can be rerouted or dr- easily rerouted, driven all over the place, go around objects, whatever, be in an overspeed condition, yeah. <laughs> without without some sort of uh, uh, penalty brake application. So, I think the the railroad is an ideal platform for these technologies, and the, as we know, the uh, the railroads are already the safest mode of land transport. And, and with these technologies that Wabtech and uh, other, other companies are offering as well can be made even safer. Absolutely. And I think to a certain extent as well, I think that because of the things you described and for the railroad, you know, maybe there was less of a desire to immediately implement them from day one, right? But I think today we have so much technology uh, that's possible and we've seen those use cases and how they've solved problems in other verticals that it, it makes absolutely perfect sense for us to adopt them in the real space today and the biggest value is look real real is competing right it's competing with um you know other modes of like if we look at freight as a good example other modes of moving moving goods and and so the railroads themselves to remain competitive have to find and have to adopt technology, right? To help them streamline some of the traditional operational stuff. So fuel is a good example, right? If historically, if you know, I didn't have that much competition, idling maybe wasn't that critical. But today when you have to compete with trucks and then you know you have the emergence of electric trucks that are even going to drive the prices further down. Then you have to look at everything and say, okay, where are the areas I can improve operationally and I can drive savings and top line growth in my business? And, and the fuel app is just one example of that. And it ties in with everything else that, uh, that we've been talking about. So, you know, I, I think, uh, Adebayo, I think that, uh, you know, one of the questions I was going to ask you is why are railroads seeking fuel saving technologies? Well, I think you just answered that in detail. <laughs> You've mentioned some of the uh, challenges or problems that railroads have today around accurately measuring uh, fuel consumption. Uh, maybe if we could just go through those, because uh, there are many of them. You, you touched upon a couple of them. Correct. Um, so so I, I think uh, a big part of it is if you look at the systems that exist today, right, uh, for measuring fuel, right, it's the time gauge accuracy is one, right, Um you know, there's, there's a significant amount of margin of error between 3 to 7%, depending on the type of, of gauge that exists. Um, there's, you know, the consumption reconciliation I had indicated where, 
you know, the data is all not sitting in one place, right? You have data across board and you're constantly trying to get a hold of the right data to say, okay, how much fuel went in at this particular time. And then there's price volatility, right? So the, the fuel app is trying to solve that because if you, if you, if you ask a railroad right, and some might know, but I know a significant amount also don't know over the lifetime of a particular locomotive, how much fuel am I put into this locomotive? Um, it, it's, it's not data that's readily available. And, and in reality, when you talk about sweating an asset and understanding the you know, total value of that asset, that, that becomes a number that you need to capture. You need to be able to understand that because if, if I'm paying for fuel at, at a very high rate, again, as, as the economy is going and the cost of fuel is rising every day, you start asking yourself, okay, I expect to be able to get this type of return when I spend this much on fuel on this locomotive, right? And if you don't have the data, then you really can't calculate anything, right? You're just kind of saying, well, okay, I have 10 locomotives out there, and, you know, they should all go out and just, you know, carry free. But what does it really mean to you in terms of, of the numbers? And then, of course, we talk about the operational expense, right? Of, everything and, and how do you measure that whole total cost of ownership for that particular asset i, I mean so so those are some of the challenges that railroads have today um you know they don't have all of this data uh the idea behind the fuel app is to say look let's streamline this and and help you capture all of this data let's put all of this data in one location let's make this data available to you right so so a good example and i think one we started showing some railroads, we, we could capture the exact fuel that was going in, we could capture the exact fuel that was actually usage, and we could capture fuel that was, you know, idling. The first thing that struck them was, wait, I can actually now understand how much it costs me to move goods, right? Because historically, you're saying, oh, I charge this for distance A to B, but you don't know how much fuel you bought that was actually revenue generating versus just idling. Right. And, and they immediately saw that. And one of the things that the fuel app has is, you know, you can put in your own average fuel price. Right. And immediately gives you the consumption dollar value of what that spend is. Right. And you can do that on a daily basis, weekly, monthly, yearly, over the lifetime of that particular locomotive asset. This would really translate to setting freight rates. And when rates are challenged by a customer, and, and if it really escalates where the rates are, are, the challenge is brought to before the Surface Transportation Board, here now the railroad will have all this data. Okay, no, this is what it actually costs to move this customer's freight. Um, that is correct. Yeah. That is exactly so, it. So the benefits of the, the attorneys will love this. <laughs> You think about it, uh, but but seriously though, uh, there's no substitute for uh, uh, for solid data that that can be verified. That's exactly what we're seeing. You know, going back to the, the conversation around platforms and apps, you know, it's it's the data, right? That there's so much data that needs to be collected, uh, which is the first piece. But then you collect that data. How do you use that data to drive behavior, to drive changes, and to drive efficiency? And that, that's some of the things that we're trying to do, right? Because, you know, I mean, the, the fuel data has been there for a while. It, it's, it's, you know, you go look at your event recorder data, you see fuel consumption. Uh, if you buy a new locomotive, you get an OEM bond table. 
the system of being able to measure it is, is, is still very manual in a, in a way, right? And so even if you bought a new locomotive and, you know, you have an OEM bond table and you put a driver in it and it drives from the East Coast to the West Coast, you know, you, you need to pull that distance, pull the fuel, download it manually, and then say, okay, can I calculate it? And you're trying to measure each notch change between here, you know, the East Coast and West Coast to determine that fuel bond table. The app does all of that for you. And you literally log in and, you, you know, it's, it's already based off of that model. And so you can see, you know, okay, what, what is exactly going on here? And, and, you know, we have customers now that are excited about this because, one, it goes back to what I mentioned around training, right? You can immediately identify your drivers that need training. Look at our trip optimizer as a good example, yeah. right? It, it's, a, it's an intelligent system that is designed to efficiently operate that locomotive at the optimal level and maximize the fuel. But we know trip optimizer is not from the start of your journey till the end of your journey, which means in between there somewhere you have humans actually operating the locomotive. So how do you get those humans as close as possible to that optimal level? That's some of the things that the fuel app immediately helps you highlight, right? To say, look, this is what happened when you went from A to B compared to, you know, whether it's a benchmark model that was designed with Teal or a benchmark model designed by another human, you now have a real-time system that allows you to, to actually verify that. And because the system is also real, you can actually make the corrections in real time. So you can get on the radio and actually ping the driver and say, look, based on the data that I'm looking at, you're on notch three. I would suggest that you, you switch your notches because based on the profile, you're going to be bought in you know, 10% extra fuel by doing that over the cost of this journey. And so you're correcting in real time and driving immediately top line growth using an app like this. And that's something that really is designed to assist, uh, help the, the drivers or, or engineers. Exactly, uh, exactly. Uh, and, and this is something that a, a, a locomotive engineer, whether they're uh, new to the job and training or experience, you know, most of these folks want to operate the train as, as well as they possibly can. As I think of railroad drivers as Formula One drivers. The rest of us watch Formula One and go like, oh, I can do that. But in reality, we can't. And, no. <laughs> and this guy's, you know, this guy's have already conditioned themselves to be at the optimal level of performance. So they're constantly pushing themselves, right? They're constantly looking for ways where they can operate at that peak level. And, and so this is just using data to highlight to them where the margins are and what opportunities exist for them. Right, but, but they're already at superior premium level in terms of operating a locomotive, right? So, you know, I, I mean, I, I think for folks that have physically been in a locomotive, just the thought of having to control that, I think a lot of people get overwhelmed, and but these guys are doing it across the country in a very efficient way. And so the data is just highlighting, look, well, there is, there is a margin, just the same way, you know, your F1 driver gets on the radio and says, okay, how much margin do I have at that corner? You know, can I, can right. I break slightly later than that? that? That's exactly what this is doing. It's just using the data to highlight what additional areas can you, can you actually achieve more success?
Now let's talk a little bit about the the application, the the physical application of this technology to a locomotive. What's required for the system to work, and uh, and who will will benefit? Yeah, so so typically it's a, it's pretty straightforward. Um, the locomotive requires a fuel gauge, right? So there's a fuel sensor in there that's monitoring fuel. Uh, we typically will get the the fuel profile of the tank on that locomotive. And so we validate it to make sure that, okay, we know exactly what that tank profile is. Uh, then uh, we have software that just sits on uh, some form of gateway on the locomotive, right? So it could be uh, one of the TMC boxes for PTC, it could be on the event recorder data itself, or it could be just a standalone communication gateway like the Golink from WabTech. Uh, that then interfaces via that uh, software to pull the data directly from the event recorder. So we get all the fuel profile information as well as all the locomotive parameter data. Then that data gets sent into the cloud environment. And in the cloud environment is kind of where you get the, the machine learning doing its stuff, right? So uh, as you collect data, you're profiling it. We apply data quality to the, to the fuel data. Um, this is important because if you if you understand how you know a locomotive is operating, the fuel is always moving and there's slosh and, and that type of stuff. So we have to normalize the data um, so you don't see you know just spikes of you know fuel going up and down because a lot of those events like you know the fuel drop is tied to that. So we normalize the data, clean out the data, and then uh, we apply all the different rules and logic to it um, based on whatever the fuel app is supposed to be doing. In the fuel app itself, we have that particular locomotive's tank profile. We have its bond, uh, its notch bond table. And so we apply that information to the fuel that we're getting. And then we also know the notch that that locomotive is actually operating on based on the event recorder data. And then we pop that in the, in the app itself. Right. So for railroads, what they will typically see is they have a, a mobile friendly and web based app. Uh, the app as a dashboard in the app, you'd see every locomotive that's actually connected uh, with the fuel app. Uh, you can then compare individual locomotives or you can look at a whole fleet in the app itself. You will get to see the, the profile based on, on that particular locomotive. So the consumption profile, uh, you would see every fuel added. Uh, timestamp. Uh, I'll also provide you the, the consumption profile of that locomotive. So is it stationary? Is it moving? Uh, uh, you get the price as I indicated. Um, and then you also have the events, right? So you get every event that's related to fuel. So fuel drop, fuel filled. If you, if you want to create certain specific alerts as well, the application allows you to uh, build some of those. Um, you also have a, a geographical map uh, of that locomotive, and it shows you um, the location of the locomotive relative to, you know, what you've identified as your assets. So it could be a repair center, a fuel depot location, or a station. Um, so that gives you a real-time graphical view where you know exactly where that locomotive is and you understand exactly where that locomotive is relative to your other assets. Let me just give you another hypothetical situation for a mainline passenger railroad using a diesel electric locomotive. The on-time performance maybe can be measured and be applied to 
station dwell and extrapolated to say, okay, well, why is this train idling in this at this particular stop for so long? You know, what's going on there? Is there some is there some condition at the station where the train can't be loaded or unloaded uh, as as optimally as it should? It's it's absolutely a possibility, right? And you know, I think it's it's actually something we've we've played around with at WAPTEC. While the fuel app is very centric to to fuel, but you're absolutely spot on, right? Um, so what we see is when when a when a locomotive lives and, and maybe transit is there's less of an issue because you know they, they're really driven by schedules, right? And they go from A to B, A to B back, right? But what we've seen in, in other traditional freight-like scenarios is there is a there is a plan for that locomotive. And it, it says, okay, 27th of October, 11 a.m., this train is gonna set off, right? And we expect that this train will get to its destination in three hours. The reality of it is that's never what happens, right? So the train is either stopped at a signal um, and that signal light might have been planned for just five minutes, but in reality, he's there for 20 minutes, right? The good thing about the app and, and the capabilities we've spoken about, about collecting data is we now have this real-time view of knowing the exact location a locomotive is, and we can also tell if that locomotive is moving, right? So a big part of the fuel app is, is understanding your location and your movement, because we have to calculate exactly how much fuel you're burning, right? And so by understanding that, well, this train that was supposed to just be at the signal for five minutes is now being stopped here for 20 minutes. One, we capture that idling, we capture how much fuel was burned, but it also helps highlight to the railroads to understand that, look, my initial scheduling, I need to start considering that, that if I see a trend that every, you know, Wednesday at when this train leaves at 11, the signal is actually not a five minute delay. It's an 11 minute delay or it's a 20 minute delay. Does that affect the scheduling? Does it make sense for that train to no longer leave at 11 a.m. but to actually leave at 11.20? Because then it doesn't, you know, experience as much idling or stationary stop because of a signal, right? So those are things that the, the fuel app and you know other systems like this could actually help railroads better understand, right? And you know I think we talked about the potential, you know, challenges coming into rail. You know, ETAs are things that people expect now, right? They they want to be able to say I know when this train is going to get here because in their mind, if I can tell when my Amazon package is going to get here, why can't I tell when the train is going to get here? And, you know, you have to start considering all those other parameters and conditions, which not necessarily tied to the railroad, but because you're operating on a, on a public asset like that, um, it, it could affect you, right? So, so you're absolutely spot on. You're, it's not a stretch at all. Um, this is kind of the next level of visibility that railroads are going to get. Well, Adebayo, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. I've learned a lot, and I hope that our uh, our listeners uh, have learned a lot. Uh, thanks to uh, Wabtech for the sponsorship. Have a safe day. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure talking to you as well. Mm-hmm.